What up, what up, what up, San Antonio, Austin, Waco, Temple, Colleen, people up in the Shaw City, people down the whole 305 South Florida region, and my people down Laredo. You are tuned in here to the Monday edition of the Sports Grind, presented by Dosekis, Calvin Casey, Jonas Clark producing, Bartlett with the spin in the one and twos. We are broadcasting here from the Hazel Sky Online Studios. 1-800-707-9760 is your number to participate. If you know what you want to talk about, like always, it is open phone lines. Feel free to give us a call. Um, anything that we're discussing or anything that we're not bringing to the light that's sports related that you want to talk about, feel free to dial that number. And keep in mind also, if you need to follow me or reach out to me via Twitter, it's at SportsGrind. And if you want to stream the show live and leave comments, and we'll try to go ahead and see those in real time, you can go to my personal Facebook page um, or you can go to the business um, page of Sports Grind Entertainment Facebook and you leave comments. If I don't get to them in live time, I'll try to respond to them later. And also, if you ever miss any of the daily episodes live, you can always download the daily podcast by going to sportsgrindonline.com. 1-800-707-9760. What's up, Mr. Clark? Ready to rock and roll? All right. Bartlett? What's up? What's up, man? Nothing just a whole start a whole nother week coming here on Monday. Looking for some much-needed rain that we're getting in South Texas. We don't need the flooding, but that just comes with the territory in Texas, especially down here in the 210. You know, it cannot rain for like too much straight, but when it rains, it's going to flood. Hadn't had anything like the Great Flood of 98, though. I'll never forget that. There's two reasons I'll never forget that, because that's right at the time I just turned, I think, if I'm not mistaken, 21. I believe, yeah. And I'll never forget that I was coming back from a trip in Lake Charles, Louisiana. Probably only my second time to a casino. It was only my second time to a casino. Hit them up for 12000 Nice. Went there with like about $500 to play with, hit him up for about 12000 and the rest after that. And don't even tell you how many trips I made after that. But yeah, I always flood because if I came home and there was flood, it was like a bad week that week. It was flooded. Certain stores flooded, you know, and I'm like, I'm good, you know, had some cash, you know, it was at that time. But I think, yeah, at that time, then couldn't go to the bank. So, you know, what am I going to do, man? Because I came back on Sunday, put it on the mattress. You know, I was like, it's casino money. It's not that money, but that's what they tell me. That's what the bad guys tell me to put on the mattress. But anyway, I always think of that flood in 98 because it was right there at that time. But anyway, all right, enough uh, reminiscing lane here. Uh, Sports world. We got quite a bit to get to today on a Monday, and we get used to this because we're about to kick this thing off college and football. If you listen to this show long enough, you know it is heavy duty on Mondays in regards to reaction of the weekend. But we'll get in condition because we do have some things to get to. Of course, the NFL uh, will put a bow on tonight, uh, week two preseason, as the Atlanta Falcons take on the Jets. Um, you know, pretty much preseason of what I've seen so far over the weekend um, one thing, Dallas had a much better performance uh, against the Chargers this week, even with backups, than they did prior to Denver. They might have found somebody on special teams uh, for kickoff returns. Um, but what I've taken from preseason is that ever since they've cut it down to three, which was just a year ago or two, Max, if I'm not mistaken, um, the GMs and the coaches – 
treat preseason totally different. Now, they use preseason for the exceptions of maybe a couple teams, but even the teams that are going to be the contenders that most likely are going to be competing for double-digit win seasons or either teams that are going to be competing for those playoff spots, these teams have really used preseason to evaluate their draft picks, their rookies, uh, practice squad players, players that are on the bubble. And in my opinion, what they're doing now is they're looking at this and they're saying, you know what, we're going to use this preseason to see, like, where do we really need help at in depth? And then, therefore, when we release our scouts at the beginning of September for next April's draft, we know exactly what we need and what we're looking for. That's why preseason to me this season's like, well, you know, like I've been tell- telling you for the last couple of weeks, you can pick up on systems, you can pick up on culture. You really haven't been able to gauge anything for most teams playing. One thing is to get out of here healthy, which a lot of teams haven't been able to accomplish. Okay, uh, that's another story. But really, it's about these teams that are really trying to look at their second and third string guys and their rookie and their fourth string guys and guys that are not going to make the cut or their first cut. And they're really evaluating. It's obvious to me because all the GMs and all the coaches are doing this for the most part, especially with the contending teams. They're just using this to evaluate talent on the roster. And I'm not talking about depth. I'm talking about guys that they know that's going to be on the practice squad, like, should we keep you? And then where are you going to be at two years? Or do I need to send my scouting department out now, which they get started early? I mean, there is a section of every team has them. College got that. They start in September. They don't even get to see the product that they've been scouting for the last couple of years because as soon as the regular season starts, they're already out there scouting, looking forward to the April's draft of the upcoming year, the next year. So it's 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 kind of been one of those things like, oh, you know, I'm watching this and I'm, I know I'm watching a bunch of third stringers and that it's different than it has been. In, in, in years past because you would get some starred like I said quarterbacks and running backs I get it but we're to the point that starting receivers uh, starting offensive linemen especially the ends the left tackles the right tackle they're not touching the field you know unless you're the Bills who's leading your whole damn first team in for the whole damn first quarter even let Case Keenum run with the backups but that's another story but yeah, that's just really what preseason's about. But it continues to roll on. We're going to put a bow on it here on week two tonight on this Monday night matchup. And to me, I, I, I think this is this is ESPN, right? This is Troy and and, and Buck and and Aiken calling. This is Monday night. And let me tell you something. If it wasn't for this mega deal and Troy and Buck going and getting the money and running and going to Four Letter Network, there would be no preseason game on Monday night. This is about getting their reps too and introducing them on this new. Uh, stage for them which is the four letter network and look i hate to be that guy greg olson man that team that's replacing joe buck and troy that's some tough shoes to fill they they you know greg was reaching last night like pulling back to you know clips of him stiff arming somebody in the super bowl when he was in i said greg why you showing that you still got his ass kicked at super bowl i mean i get it you know but i don't know why you're showing that just one play domination but they got a tough act to follow. But, no, tonight, so we'll put a bow on week two in regards. And we, and Joe Flacco. I mean, this is a guy that most likely is going to start for the Jets. And Salah's confident that he can move the ball. That, hey, he can move. He knows, and he does know. But the question is, what does that line look like? Because he ain't moving nowhere. I'm going to beat his ass side to side and can beat him in a 40 today. All right? But. We'll see how it concludes tonight. We've got some other NFL news as well, too. Big news today. Tom Brady is back at camp. Uh, He's back at camp today. Um, 
And I'll tell you, if the excuse, because I had it at 25% that he was maybe going to say, hey, I've been through camp. It's hot down here, humid. I'm basically going to just say this is this is it. Okay, put a 25% on it. Obviously, that's not the case. Number two, I said, well, hey, there has to be an illness or it has to be something, maybe hopefully not, but something wrong with his mother, something wrong with the kids, his dad. Nope, the Bucks denied it and said, hey, there's nothing wrong. Well, today it's being reported that his excused absence as he returned today was based off a promise and a prior engagement of a vacation trip that he had with Giselle and the kids. Okay. Now, I'm pretty sure by this evening on your sports feed, you'll see him address the media and we'll find out for sure. And he'll probably say that's personal, whatever. He might not even answer, but it's being reported by a couple uh, sites that that is kind of what the deal was. And I'll tell you this. If that's the case, I have a problem with that. Okay, I don't care if he has seven rings, eight, nine or he is the goat. If you I mean, if you are committed and you're only here to have an opportunity to go out on top. There is a few that has played that position that's been able to do that. Okay. That to be able to win their last game and go on top. He's had multiple opportunities to do that. And his very special one that could have really left the big middle finger is Tampa when he won it a few years ago. So that's the only reason why he's coming out. Everybody's chasing. There's only been a couple guys. Peyton Manning, only two rings, but he did something that everybody covered that played a bit, left on top. Elway, okay? Back, didn't, look, didn't win anything for a while, but he won two on the way out the back door, all right? Every, Troy Aikman's been on record saying, look, at the end of the day, Troy got, the, he basically left on a LeVar Arrington hit. He didn't want to lead a game like that. There's a lot of guys that, and Tom's chasing that high. So my point is, knowing that's what you're playing for, you signed the family contract. Giselle's not going anywhere. She's, 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 made, she's put up with it this long. You flip-flop, you should be in camp. And you know what's going to happen? Because Tampa's got offensive linemen dropping like flies. They're dropped. They got another guy that's out for the season on the line. The starting offense. We they already lost the center. And you know what's going to happen? Tom's going to come in. And if this offensive line is not rectified, he's going to start getting bumped. He's going to start getting hit. He's already without Goodwin. And he's going to have the red ass. And the camera's going to be showing him dropping F-bombs coming to the sideline. But he wasn't here for 11 days because he had a vacation that was pre-planned with Giselle. Any other Hall of Fame quarterback coming to the end of the year, end of their career, would be ripped. And this, to me, is kind of a little bit selfish. You're halfway in, halfway out the door. And this has nothing about him being the GOAT. It has nothing to be about. Because if that's the case, and, and unfortunately for Tom, this is different than a Michael Strahan who got in his last few of his years were able to go ahead and say, you know what? I know we're bumping heads, and, you know, Coughlin was old school, but it came to the point where Strand said, hey, man, I'll come. I just don't want to go through camp. And he said, you know what? Coughlin said, OK, you've earned that right. They won the Super Bowl that year. But he's on the defensive line. He's not a quarterback. A cornerback can do that. A running back can do that. A defensive lineman can do that. An offensive lineman can do that. Not the quarterback, even Tom. If that is report is true, that's not a good thing. Not a good thing. What you got? So are you not buying the other reports? That Tom was stepping away to film The Masked Singer. 
It's a reality TV show on Fox, who Tom now has a contract with to go into the booth when he's done and hangs it all up. The Masked Singer played into it over the weekend, um, you know, making some tweets about it because they're they're fil- finishing up their filming right. to get ready for season eight right now. You've had Antonio Brown mid-season go ahead and uh, or, or off-season and go ahead and film for Masked Singer before, so it's one of those things as to how far. You make well, it into the competition that it can interrupt. And we already know that he's not focused. Tom Tom doesn't seem focused this year. You talked about that through camp, sitting, standing on the sideline, just not looking engaged. Um, the, You're giving me that in real time. That's a fastball because I didn't hear that other report. I didn't come across that one. Uh, but if that's the case, I damn, I feel I even have more of a problem than I did just trying to fulfill the commitment and the honor of your wife. Okay? I know she got the most money. I know she got more money. I wish Tom ain't gonna starve either, but God, come on, man. This is this is what guys like that live for that play that position. It's not starting off on the right foot. And I'm telling you, man, if they don't get that offense, first of all, they don't get the offensive line fixed, the Saints are gonna win that division. Unless Baker gets hotter than fish grease and be like, hey man, it was my time to click in the third year. And Jonas be like, What the hell did I tell you? Didn't I tell you that you just should have waited? I can hear that if that's the case. But I doubt that's gonna happen. Even if he wins week one, Jameis don't turn the ball over. Saints are winning that division. And I just feel that it just is starting off in the wrong foot because there are a portion of guys, maybe a small percentage, that really rub them around. They have a problem with that. Now, of course, when Tom walks in the locker room, they stop talking, man. You know, this is some bullshit. Hey, Tom, what's going on, man? Hey, all right, man. You're back. You everything, family, all good? Oh, okay. They ain't going to tell him in his face. But you can't believe that everybody is hot out there and human. All right. They did not win the Super Bowl last year. Maybe I can even understand this if you're coming off a back to back. Rams on it. 1-800-707-9760. Also in the other sports world, Tiger and Rory, they're coming up with some type of master plan of maybe different events that they're going to be doing. For the PGA, they're really trying to ride through. I'm like, Tyler, oh, you got stake in the PGA. They're coming to have your ass save it. You know, you you barely can walk to the meeting and probably stand up. Tiger probably can't even stand up more than 10, 15 minutes talking to him and dressing the room. Like, hey, man, give me a chair. And they they bringing this guy in to save it. Now, I haven't looked at the details of what they're talking about, but I know they're talking about doing some special events. I've even heard something about maybe with no cut. And I'm like, damn, man, y'all just going to bite off the lid like that, like hate what they doing, but say, hey, you know what, damn it, that is a good idea, which I don't, to me, I don't get that. I don't like it. That's the whole beauty of it, of coming in on Friday, of who's going to make the cut and who's not. I don't like that. But Davis Love Third, who's made, I would say, ballpark about $45 million in his career on the golf cart. Now, he's an old cat. He's older than me. He's an old cat. But Davis was on a podcast like, hey, man, I don't have a reason to lie. I'm going to tell you the truth about this live thing. He went back and came at Greg Norman and said, Greg, this is 1994. The only difference is now between 94 when he's trying to pull this off, he got a couple billion behind him. But this is just bad. And so so Davis said he's just getting started. So I will be looking for Davis Love, the third comments, because he ain't got nothing to lose. You know what I'm saying? He's one of those that knows he's on the senior tour. Probably going to be, he's made over $40 million. I mean, hell, he had a polo deal. You know, I used to be envious of him even before I even paid attention to golf and hustle. I was like, damn, every time I walk through Dillard's, see, David Love's ass when I'm going to buy the polos. Had a polo deal. I never bought none of it because it was a golf attire. And back then, there was before Tiger Woods. I wouldn't buy no golf attire like that. 
I'm like, damn, I mean, I can get away with it in tennis, but I ain't damn sure you walk around with no golf attire now. That was before Tiger showed up. Now, Davis Love has got nothing to lose. You know, he's the guy sitting on death row knowing the needle's coming in about a couple of days and like, hey, I'm going to tell it all. He ain't got nothing to lose. So it's going to be interesting to see what he has to say. UFC, now didn't watch it, wasn't going to watch it. But the question, I know we have a percentage, a small percentage of y'all out there that are UFC fans. I know Jonas writes for sites. He covers it. So my question is, I don't know the backstory behind all this, but the one thing I did pay attention to is the Vegas side of this and the gambling side of this. And, um, you know, at one time this guy was a plus 500. And he went, you know, even through live better when it went off plus 300. The question I have for the UFC fans out there, and you can react on Twitter or, you know, or leave comments through the stream live by going to Facebook Live of Sports Grind Entertainment or my personal Facebook page. Where does this upset rank? Men or women? Well, I can't say women because I, I'm telling you, ain't nothing up with that Rousey one. I, this ain't that one. This ain't Rousey. Nah, stop it. I don't even know about UFC, Jonas, and I'll, I'll sit there and make you tap out. You're going to try to tell me this is bigger than the Rousey one? Rousey's first up? Do you understand what she was doing to chicks for a stretch there? I understand. And the context for this Usman upset, which is what you're talking about, uh -huh. Leon Edwards upsets Kamaru Usman in their rematch, separated by nearly seven years. Usman had a perfect fight record in the UFC. Top pound-for-pound pound fighter okay. in the UFC, going for a sixth title defense, going for the record for consecutive wins in the UFC against a plus-295 underdog. Yeah, but you know what? We'll hit it. Uh, home shook up the world, man. When, when, when Rousey went, that, that made the passerby. I'd be like, Rousey was in movies and all that. I don't know. That's your opinion. That's your sport. You cover it. But i like to see what the UFC people out there feel. You listen to the Sports Crime presented by Dos Equis, broadcasting here from the Hazel Sky Online Studios. We'll be back. Ready for a real cocktail? Introducing new Zing Zang ready to drink cocktails in a can. America's number one Bloody Mary mix with vodka. Zing Zang margaritas, tequila included, and whiskey sours with real Kentucky bourbon. Ready for no one to have to bartend. Real cocktails, real ingredients, really good. New Zing Zang full strength canned cocktails. Legendary taste, legendary day. Always ready. Go to zingzang.com to find where to buy. Please Zing Zang responsibly. Whether you're looking for a date night at the Dominion or a light meal while shopping on the weekend, stop by Thai Lao Orchid at the Dominion. Just five minutes north of the shopping center, Thai Lao Orchid's Vietnamese options are great for dinner or lunch, serving up staples from curry and noodles to the house special nam and seafood lovers steamed clay pot. They're open weeknights from 5 p.m. to 8 p.m. and noon till 9 on Saturdays and noon to 8 on Sundays. That's Thai Lao Orchid at the Dominion, official sponsor of the Sports Grind. Are you moving around the greater San Antonio area? Choose the storage experts. Tiger Moving and Storage. Whether you're moving an office or the whole family, Tiger Moving and Storage offers container drop-off and delivery with efficient, prompt, and cost-effective service. To learn more and to secure your portable storage container today, go to ChooseTiger.com. Tiger Moving and Storage, official sponsor of the Sports Grind.
Listen up, San Antonio and Austin. Let me tell you about Stoli Vodka, our new partner. Handcrafted in Latvia, the award-winning Stoli Vodka has held the bar high for quality, combining innovation with century-old traditions to create something both refreshingly modern and exceptionally classic. Uncompromising spirit is the kind of belief that turns players into icons. 100% grain-to-glass Stoli Vodka starting lineup includes the iconic premium cucumber, vanilla, raspberry, and blueberry. If you want to learn more, visit Stoli.com. Stoli Vodka, official Sponsor of the Sports Grind. All right, back here on the Sports Grind, presented by Dosecchi's, broadcasting here from the Hazel Sky Online Studios. Calvin Casey, Jonas Clark producing, Bartlett spin the one and twos. 1 800 707 9760 is your number. This segment is going to be presented by Zing Zang. Two words, a key to any perfect cocktail, and that is Zing Zang. Make sure you go out and get their pre made alcoholic drinks. All right, or you can just stick to the original mix. All right, add your own favorite alcohol. That is Zing Zang, official sponsor of the sports crime. Those ready-to-drink cans, 9%, fit great in a cooler. They're light. The mango ones is new. The new mango margaritas, real mango puree. There you go. Oh, there you go. So good. Go check it out. 1-800-707-9760. All right, so uh, before we go to the phones, um, yeah, just continuing a little bit of that conversation, um, and we can move on. But I know Ed Mendoza is checking in with me via Twitter. He says, Usman was the biggest upset in UFC when it comes to real fighters. Nobody realized that Ronda couldn't fight till she took on a kickboxer that actually throws hands. Ed Mendoza, I, I appreciate the participation. But that take right there, that tweet is totally irrelevant to what I'm saying about whether she got exposed or whatever. Is it though? What this, yes, it is. Because what, what I'm trying to tell y'all, first of all, I can end this conversation by just telling you the desert agrees with me. The, the bottom line is, first of all, let me just say this. Okay. I've never claimed on. That's why I asked the question. Where does this rank? Where does this rank? But then when I thought about it, I totally think, well, my be, I know it's not bigger than the, uh, Holly Holmes and Ronda Rousey. And let me tell you what I'll elaborate to that. E- this guy, either two of these dudes, Usman or whoever else he's fighting, no matter how many Leon defensive touch, Leon Edwards, either one of those individuals, those brothers, are as big a star in UFC as Ronda Rousey. There's only been two people in UFC, and I, this goes for Jones. This goes for the dude that keeps the dude that keeps uh, snorting eight balls and lines and cocaine that keeps getting suspended. Whatever the hell that brother's name is well, that's, too. That's John Jones. John Jones. Okay. There's only two megastars that get people like myself and passerbyers and world news, your local news. I'm not talking ESPN. I ain't talking Fox. I'm talking about local news that are. Fitting in this end into the Ukraine and Russia war. There's only been two megastars in UFC and that's moved the needle like that. And that's Ronda Rousey. And that is basically Conor McGregor. Those are eccentric personalities. And and that's why I'm telling you, and I'll compare it for some of you you, you youngsters that wasn't living then. Pre-internet, pre-social media, because I remember where I was. I was actually sleeping over somebody's house playing Nintendo when it happened. When Mike Tyson got beat out in Japan, knocked out for the first time, pre-internet, pre-all that, that traveled around the globe like in an hour before the sun rose. 
Because why? Because of how big of a star he was. When Ronda Rousey was doing movies, I don't care if she wasn't a true fight. She was doing movies like Passerby knew like, damn, she was murdering people before that fight. Now, obviously, she got exposed. And when Jonas breaks down the context of what this match Saturday meant, I get it. It's up there. But when I'm talking about the biggest of all time, I'm talking about things that move the world news didn't talk about this upset. Entertainment Tonight didn't talk about this upset. They did when Ronda Rousey got beat. They do when 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 Conor McGregor decides to go beat up an old man at a bar. That makes world news because it's Conor McGregor. These two guys, even though they might be one of the two of the best fighters of all time, biggest upset. But I'll tell you that the desert agrees what I'm saying. Go look up the odds of what Holly Holmes was before she fought that against Rounder compared to this underdog. This guy was like, what, maybe plus 600, 700? What, he what it opened was? at plus 295. Okay, 295. Go research, go Google and see what the odds were for Holly Holmes before that fight. And the desert would tell you they agree with me. Moving on, 1-800-707-9760. What you got? Well, I, oh, before we move on, then don't ask Fight Fan if this is the bigger upset because fight i didn't fans, ask that question i asked y'all where it ranked up there to get the concept and then when i thought about it when i said from men's on the men's side but then i'm like should i include men's and women and i called myself i was like well damn sure ain't bigger than ronda rousey getting upset so that's what i didn't ask the question like hey i really don't know gave you my opinion that's why i'm here from two to four this is the second time in the last 12 months that the ufc has been rocked by seeing one of the tops fall amanda nunez last december Falling to uh, Juliana Pena. Give me the odds. Give me the odds to Holly Holmes and that, and we can move on. And we can move. Give me the odds pre-fight for Holly Holmes and Ronda Rousey the first fight. I'll grab that for you. Okay. 1-800-707-9760. Speaking of UFC, we've got Dana White, who pretty much, you know, was doing a podcast, I guess, with Gronk. You know, got a, was it wasn't Gronk on there? Wasn't it a podcast? It was not a podcast. Okay, I'm Gr sorry. Gronk. So in the UFC on ESPN Plus now, right. they're trying to do a Manning cast. That's right because Gronk he's got because because Omaha Broadcasting owns that. That's right. I've, I heard about and so that. So now okay. Gronk is hosting this whole like you you watch the fights live. They bring in different personalities, and this okay. was the pre-show. I got you. Okay, so he puts out this nugget, Dana White. Which to me, I don't understand because the truth of the matter is, is that, you know, it's one of those situations that I, it's like the Miami thing. Like, you know, Tom Brady, you know, he puts out there that he brokered a deal that was going to have Tom Brady go to the Raiders, the Las Vegas Raiders, and Gronk was going to go. Now, it was never known within inner circles Gronk was part of it, but Tom allegedly was already looking at houses you have his audio right do you have his audio yeah give me just okay a okay so when you pull that up so the point is you know we heard about this a couple months ago about the miami deal you know where i'm at with it it comes down to why i mean it doesn't matter to me like it didn't happen you know it really didn't happen i mean when peyton manning was being courted by more teams than tom brady was by 13 15 teams he almost was about to go to Nashville, Tennessee for part ownership of the team, but it didn't happen. But this whole report and this stuff is coming out. Even the people like, oh, oh, this is coming out. Even before we found out his ass is going to show up today. We're really everybody should be talking about regardless what his decision was two years ago. But you got the audio now. All right. Like, let's I, listen to that. I worked to put that deal together for Brady and Gronk to come to the Raiders. 
and it was almost a done deal. And at the last minute, Gruden blew the deal up and said that he didn't want him. Brady was already looking at houses, and it wasn't being said yet that Gronk was coming. So Las Vegas would have had Brady and Gronk the year that the Bucks won the Super Bowl, except Gruden blew the deal up. Um, again, you know, one thing that's not what we left out of it. The one thing is because I heard the audio before Gronk pretty much solidified it. He said, well, because Dana's like, I was never going to tell that to anybody. And Gronk's like, well, you just did. Because if it wasn't true, Gronk's like, yo, man, it ain't happening. Right. Let me tell you something. First of all, ego's the only thing that got into that. Because obviously with John Gruden, let me tell you, that is a relationship that would not have worked. Wouldn't have worked. Gruden has too much been around the game too much, been around far, been around great quarterbacks. Gruden wants to do what Gruden's going to do. Tom would have never got the leeway he did with Bruce Aarons in that relationship. Okay, that's one. Number two, they wouldn't have won the Super Bowl that year anyway if they would have if they would have added them. Now, what would have been interesting though, what could have been, was seeing Gronk with Waller and Tom having Waller. That's what I will say. But that relationship, good thing it didn't it, it dissolved. But again, to put that out there and to hear the mind, it is what it is. It didn't really happen. Now, Raider fan might feel a certain way, knowing that, damn, we could have had Tom. I mean, because keep in mind, Kyle Shanahan, he wanted Tom. Front office didn't. He couldn't get nobody in the building to agree with that. They had just came off of a Super Bowl appearance. They, he, you know, Kyle knows what he wanted Tom. It was like, man, Jimmy just led us there anyway. And they running out Jimmy's ass out of town either way, but he ain't out of town yet, though. But they still trying to run him out anyway. But Kyle wanted them. But, you know, Dana decided to put that out. Speaking of the Raiders, this is what I will say what I took notice this weekend in preseason before we get to Mike's phone call. Um, Now, another thing I didn't add that nugget, because now everybody's running with, then that's who Tom was talking about when he said, you, they're going to choose that MF over me? Remember when he made those comments and it was anonymous and nobody knew what quarterback in the league. Now everybody thinks that was Derek Carr. I don't know. Maybe it could have been. You know, some people thought Jimmy, but I, maybe it could have been. But I don't care either way. But there's one thing I will say about Derek Carr, though. Listen up, Black Nation whole. Okay? Raider Nation. Carr better come out rolling. Okay? He better come out rolling. Because this sly devil, Josh McDaniels, now keep in mind, the Raiders just beat Dolphins with Raiders pretty much backups. Tua was out there. Tua looked pretty decent, but Dolphins had their first team of offense out there for pretty much at least three possessions, two or three, four possessions. Raiders went in with backups and won the game. This is what I'm witnessing. This sly devil, Josh McDaniels, as he was packing up his office, in Foxborough and saying, this time I'm, I'm really leaving. Last, I was just trolling the Colts last time, but this time I'm really out of here, Bill. As he was packing up the furniture, he had an empty box open. And he said, you know what? Let me give you that box. I'm going to put Stidman in that box. And let me tell you, he stuck Stidman down there and took him to Vegas, and Stidman's been balling this preseason. The off, and keep in mind, he knows this offense inside and out more than Derek Carr. Derek Carr is on chapter 10. I don't even know if Derek Carr is on chapter 10 of this thing because Josh got a pretty deep playbook. He probably on chapter five. 
Stedman has like already studied it. He took the exam a year ago and he just came back because he had a year of eligibility in school left. If Derek Carr does not come out, and he's got pressure already, because a lot of people that fell into Derek Carr this last season, oh, and he did a hell of a job with the distractions, no rugs, you know, Gruden being borderline racist and all this kind of stuff. He overcame that to get in an interim coach to lead that team to a playoff. You can, you can never take that away from him regardless what happens this year. But he's coming in with pressure with that already. And let me tell you something. If he gets off a little rocky, there's a reason why Josh McDaniels took Stidman down with him to Vegas. I'm just telling you, he, Derek ain't his guy. He didn't draft him. The GM's there, they didn't draft him. Okay? And it doesn't matter if they just gave him a contract or they committed to him yet or not. I don't even know if Derek got it. I can't even remember if Derek got a new deal or not. I think he did. doesn't matter. Remember I told you that. Because Stidman looks like he knows the offense. He looked better than he ever did in New England when they he used to play preseason games. I didn't even realize he stole him down there to Vegas. I was like, that slick dog there. Just threw him in a box and got him out. Like, Bill, you ain't going to do it. Y'all don't even know who the hell going to call the plays down here. Let me take that. Okay? Watch out, Derek. Because the whole world's watching now. Devontae Adams. Your college roommate. Okay? Oh, me and Derek, uh, yeah, chemistry, man. I think it's just like, man, y'all ain't throwing the ball together since y'all were in college and with half on Chinese food in the dorm. Stop it. Let me see it on the field. Okay? And that's a non-biased take there because I know people, oh, that's just because it's, no, man. Stidman, watch out. Now, if Derek plays good, he got nothing to worry about. But that's what I will tell you. Stidman is really, he looks pretty good. That's an impre Even the preseason, man, just the culture, that's an impressive win. For the Raiders, for no backups against them, they look pretty crisp. And they and and to me, there's a, still a little questions left on their defense as well too. One eight hundred seven zero seven nine seven sixty. All right, before we go on, we got time to get to Mike. Let's go to the phones. Let's go to Mike. Mike, you're on the sports grind here on Ticket Seven Sixty and Thirteen Hundred Zone in Fox Sports Central Texas. What's up, man? Yeah, man. Um, yeah, I want to talk about uh, the Brady situation, how it relates to. Uh, what's going on in New England. I was going to talk about the Cowboys, but I'll get to them tomorrow. Hey, listen, man, um, I, I, you know, I want to see how you feel about this. I know that um, Tom Brady and Jimmy Garoppolo didn't have a good relationship because, you know, they thought that he had brought him in to take his job, and um, he told Belichick to get Garoppolo out of town. Now, okay, Garoppolo is available. It's obvious that the Cleveland Browns are not interested in the guy. What about Tampa Bay bringing this guy in? as a backup because Tom Brady claims that he's going to leave next year and maybe he can take over the starting quarterback position for Tampa Bay next year. And I want to see how you feel about that. Uh, and another thing I want to talk about is New England. Hey, they, the, the New England offense in the NFL right now is the laughing stock of the NFL. You know, I know Belichick has a lot of leeway of what goes on in New England that, uh, that the owner is not going to get rid of him. But Belichick, he needed to hire an offensive coordinator, Pat Patricia, and this other guy, both of those guys are two uh, two coordinators that got fired from head coaching jobs. Neither one of those guys are qualified to be the offensive coordinator for the um, for the New England Patriots. You know, after the guy left to go to the Raiders, Bill Belichick he made a very bad mistake by not hiring an offensive coordinator. Plus, he has a young quarterback, you know, a second year quarterback in Matt Jones. And I'd like to hear what you have to say. I know you talked about it before about 
uh, Belichick not hiring an offensive coordinator, and I thank you for taking my call today. All right, Mike, thanks for the phone call. Um, what you got before I answer what you got, Jones? Just uh, if you can recap that, we had some technical difficulties in Waco on that one. Just recap the call. On the on the call on that. Basically, Mike is acquiring about the coordinator situation in New England in regards to, you know, Belichick. I've talked about it. Haven't really, you know, uh, had a coordinator, um, you know, named an offensive coordinator, should I say. And me, I believe, you know, there's always those guys that feel they're the smartest one in the room and Bill's that. And I think Bill's earned the benefit of the doubt. What I feel is about to get exposed by New England, not the fact that so much, hey, they just don't have Tom Brady, is the fact that they, Bill has, and I said this, I think, last week sometime, Bill hasn't really drafted that well in the last few years, and especially impact players at impact positions, the wide receiver position and the running back position. And I think when you look at a division in regards to what Buffalo is doing, Buffalo skull drug Denver on on Saturday and, and I, again you know Denver has had they haven't played any starters really through the first two games besides the first one against Dallas they played a f- couple defensive starters but it doesn't matter they that was a that was a well oiled machine even from their depth I'm big on that so Bills you know when you look at what the Bills are doing you know it's really Super Bowl it's it in my opinion it's their AFC to lose Bills you look at pretty much what Miami has done from an offensive standpoint, and you look at the talent, the Jets. Now, the, being talented and drafting talent and putting together as a team is two different things. The Jets, I feel, still have to do that, even though they had the best draft of potential and young potential this last draft. But they've got to translate that to on the field. Now, the part of Mike's phone call about well, what is Bill going to do, and I understand that he needs to hire an offensive coordinator. First of all, all he's going to do is give a label to one of those guys. Even if, if he brought somebody in right now outside, it would have to be a guy like by the name of Charlie Weiss. Now, I don't know what the hell Charlie's doing these days and times. I don't know how his health is. You know, the last time we saw him, he was parading down on a field um, in Notre Dame. Or did he end up getting Kansas for LSU? I don't know. Charlie's been out for a while. But you, he would still go. He would have to label the label. Now, let me tell you this, Mike. I'm not a big fan of it, okay? Um, but, you know, I, I heard Key, you know, throw me the damn ball. Key Sean Johnson talk a little bit about this, and I kind of forgot. But there's an offensive coordinator that got the job, never played the game, and had no experience. And his name was Todd Haley. Now, I couldn't stand Todd Haley because Todd Haley was hot-headed. He always thought he knew more than everything. He got pissed off because the Steelers gave Ben more control than what he wanted to do. But Todd Haley, even his time when I think he had a little cup of coffee with the Chiefs even at one time, I think. Todd Haley can call plays. Never had experience before that. You know, there are some coaches that possibly have done this. You just don't hear it glorified. Now, if this is any other organization that is less than two weeks away from the start of the season and they haven't named an offensive coordinator, that organization would be getting killed. But because it's the Patriots and Bill Belichick, of course they're going to give him the benefit of the doubt. 1-800-707-9760. Also, real quick, 
I see Marcus Henderson checking in with me on the stream on Facebook Live. He said, calm down, Calvin. He's the GOAT. I guess he's talking about my take about having a problem with Tom, Tom Brady. Hey, Marcus, I ain't denying that. That has nothing to do with it. We're talking about 10 days of camp for a family. Like, it ain't, this receiving core really wasn't all the way together last year. There's Tom in on that. Then you're down two starting offensive linemen already? No, man. His ass, I don't care if he's the GOAT. His ass should have been in camp. Unless it was truly an emergency. In my opinion, this ain't really an emergency if it's being reported as true. Listen to the Sports Grind presented by Dosecki's broadcasting here from the Hazel Sky Online Studios. We'll be back.